welcome James, shall we? Please take your seats with me. Thank you. Actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Can you just stand again? I'm sorry. I just want us to pray something before I speak. I want us to pray for the UK. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you all know what's going on right now. <laughs> um, just keep the pads going, please, if you don't mind. It's just nice. <laughs> And it helps. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, two years ago, 23rd of June, no, yeah, 23rd of June 2016, we voted for Brexit. Now, it's amazing that we have even people here across the church, respected men and women of God on different sides of the debate. Okay, so they're people who are godly, who believe it's God's will for us to remain in the EU. And they're people who are godly, who also believe it's God's will for us to be out. Can I just say, someone is wrong? <laughs> and I'm not here to tell you who is wrong. What I'm here to say is, we have got to be Christians that are able to say, Lord, your will be done. Even if it's not my will. Or my thoughts. Because God's will oftentimes is not always what we want. Are you hearing me? So regardless of the side of the debate you're on, can we unite on one thing today? Lord, let your kingdom come. And in this season, I really get a sense that we're about to go through a humbling process as a nation. I might be wrong, but that's why I just get a sense of. And verse 4 has really been standing out to me. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does it say? We will fear no evil. This is the amazing part. Because the Lord is with us. The Lord is saying, United Kingdom, I am with you. It may look chaotic right now, but I am with you. Sometimes there needs to be a shaking of everything that can be shaken for God to really do what he wants to do. So right now, do you just want to pray with me? We're going to, the first prayer point is, Lord, let your will be done. So just lift your voices. If you want to pray in tongues, do that. If you don't know what to pray, pray in your understanding. Say, Father, I accept your will for the United Kingdom. Right now, Father, we speak your order over our government. We speak your order over our House of Lords, House of Parliament, over our MPs. We speak your order over this land right now. We speak order, 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 order. Let the will of God be done. Let the will of God be done. We accept your will. We accept your agenda right now. We say everything that is in opposition to your ways and your will be crumbled in the name of Jesus. We accept your will. We accept your purpose. Let the government of the United Kingdom align with the government of heaven. Let the government of the United Kingdom align with the government of heaven. We speak order right now. Order right now. Order right now. Over every debate and every confusion and every discussion and every manipulation. We speak order. 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 In the name of Jesus. We sound the alarm in the spirit and we declare Jesus owns the United Kingdom. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This nation belongs to Jesus. This nation belongs to Jesus. The United Kingdom belongs to Jesus. Hallelujah. This nation is yours. 
One last prayer point. We're going to declare this right now. Psalms 23, especially verse 4. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Let's do that together. Say that. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Let's say that again. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you are with us. Your rod and your staff comfort us. This is amazing. You prepare a table before the United Kingdom in the presence of our enemies. Wow. And you anoint our head with oil. You anoint our head with oil and our cups run over. Now surely, surely, goodness and mercy will follow the United Kingdom all the days of its life and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever, forever. So shout hallelujah. Thank you. You can be seated. So next time you listen to BBC Sky News and you're not sure what to pray, just release the declaration from Psalm 23. The Lord is our shepherd. I just feel so encouraged by that, that God is saying, you know what? I am at work. The Lord is at work in this nation, whether you realize it or not. And the Lord is not finished with the United Kingdom. Yeah, I want to thank uh, Pastor Mark and Kathy for inviting me here today to be uh, part of this amazing conference you're doing. Um, I love it that God's put on your heart to, do a, uh, to have a house of prayer and a space for prayer. That's just incredible. And I love the last thing you said. You said build. Everyone say build. build. You know, Jesus says, I will build my church. And for Jesus also says, you know, quoting Isaiah, my house will be called the house of prayer. Now, Jesus himself said... I will build. So I've got news for you pastors and leaders in this place. Uh, Jesus said he would do the building. <laughs> if he said he's going to build it, then we need to let him build it. Which means he would have some ideas that's different to ours. And in fact, his way of building is not always the way we want to build. Now, what I want to bring out of that point though is this. Jesus then calls us the body of Christ. So we are the body of Christ. He is the head and we are the body. Do you know what that means? Jesus is a bodybuilder. If Jesus is a bodybuilder, <laughs> he's about to do some stretching of some muscles. And if he's about to do some stretching of some muscles in the body... Welcome to our favorite thing, pain. You don't build muscle without pain. So you could be here today thinking, oh Lord, it's 2019 and I'm expecting the best year yet. Yeah, I agree with you for that. But if you're going to have a great time this year in God, you're also going to have some challenges in yeah. God too. Yeah. And instead of just complaining, say, Lord, how am I going to grow through this one? How am I going to be stronger in this one? Because the Lord wants to flex your spiritual muscles and build some real muscle. He wants you to be a warrior, not a wimp. Warriors need to learn how to use some weapons. You don't learn how to use your weapon on the day of the battle. You better know how to use it before. So he's uh, putting you in some 
battles here and there. So you exercise your spiritual muscle. And when the Goliath comes, you're able to deal with that because you've been fighting with the bear and the lion. Are you hearing me, David? <laughs> so I'm excited about what God's doing right now. He's raising up an army. This year is unlike any other year I have known. I came into this year feeling this frustration. And I've been speaking to some leaders who are really feeling the same thing. I thought it was just me. And then as I started having conversations with, you know, amazing world-renowned international ministries leaders, and they're sensing some of the, the same frustration. And it's around just this sense of there is more. God wants to do a lot more than we've seen. God wants to do a lot more than nice lights, nice sound, and nice events. There is a lot more than this. And I don't want to settle for nice church while I miss out on the outpouring and the explosion of the move of God. I don't want to settle in a place where things just look okay and we're just getting by. But thousands and even millions are being lost. But we are comfortable with just a handful of people getting saved. And we as churches are fighting over members. Oh yeah, I moved to this church, moved to this church. When the city has got millions and we're fighting over hundreds. Hello. It's about to get, in case you didn't realize, it's about to get intense in a few moments. So just put your seatbelts on. <laughs> it's about to get intense. God is wanting us to actually lift our eyes and see that the whole of Birmingham cannot fit into BCC. Us wanting to see salvations and breakthrough in the land means things need to shift in our hearts first. See, we're crying out for a move of God. It's not that God does not want to release the move of his spirit, but really God wants to deal with his body because we're the ones that's going to stay with the move of God and really we're not ready for what we're crying out for. And this is why when you really start to pray and seek God, you know what he starts to do? He starts to break you. He starts to show you where you're really at. He starts to show you your pride. He starts to show you your insecurities. He starts to show you all these things. And he's showing that to you so that you can come in agreement with him, so that you can see him begin to do a deep work in you, and that you can actually handle the weight of what he wants to release, and that weight not destroy you, okay? Uh, it's, it's significant what God wants to do in Birmingham. I really believe that. So I'm excited about that. Now, I'm going to read uh, from a famous scripture that you would all know, hopefully, in uh, James 5. James 5 is a passage that talks about Elijah. And uh, it talks about prayer. However, I'm going to start it from a different perspective. Because when we think about prayer, we just think about coming before God and releasing our petitions, our intercessions, and our, you know, our requests. Releasing these things, our supplications, releasing them to God. Oftentimes, that's what we think when we think about prayer. But I want to show you that there's a lot more to prayer than that. And I'm obviously going to talk about prayer uh, uh, later on in this. Um, James 5 verse 16 it says therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed and uh, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much I love the, the way the Amplified puts it it says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man makes tremendous power available effective in its working or dynamic in its working. I love the way it's, it's put that. And that's a scripture that most of us would know in here. However, I want to start from the first few words I just read. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. See, prayer is not just about 
engaging our hearts with God. Actually, it's also engaging our hearts with one another. Effective prayer comes from a place of effective relationship. Now, if you do a study in the scripture where Jesus talks about prayer, even in Matthew and other places, you find that oftentimes there's a connection between two or three gatherings together and learning to resolve conflict in a healthy way and learning to manage relationships rightly. So relationship, my horizontal relationship with you is actually a reflection of the depth of my relationship with him. If I'm truly walking with God rightly, then my relationships around me should prove it. I cannot be up here saying, oh yeah, I love God and I worship God and I'm a man of prayer. And you can see in the relationship around me just collateral damage. I don't know how to speak to people. I don't know how to be humble and say I'm sorry. I don't know how to deal with messes when they come. I don't know how to do healthy confrontations. I don't know how to just be a man of integrity and actually learn how to manage other people. But when I say manage other people, how to be sensitive. That's the word I was looking for. How to be sensitive to other people's emotions and feelings. I cannot really be a man of God, a man of prayer, if... There is no reflection of my relationship with God in my relationship with people. But oftentimes we in the church sometimes are the most unloving people. The most judgmental people. And the people that are not willing to oftentimes admit our wrong. I believe God is wanting us to be a people that are good at confessing. Are you hearing me today? Say get good. Are confessing. Now, most of us do confess our sins to God. Lord, I'm sorry I did this. Lord, I'm sorry I did this. However, this scripture didn't say confess your sins to God. One to another. So there is something that happens when you open up your heart to a brother or sister and say, look, I have confessed my sin to the Lord, but I need to confess this to you right now. Oh, I have offended you in this way. I need to confess this and I'm sorry. There is something that happens in that dynamic that is so connected to effective praying. The Bible is amazing because it talks about husbands and wives and says, husbands, your prayers will not be answered if your relationship with your wives is not right. Well, your wife, not your wives. <laughs> your wife. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Your prayers will not be answered if relationship is out of order. Now, as a church, I want you to hear me clearly. The constitution of your community as a church is more important than the fervency of your prayers. There is no point coming here crying out to God for a move of God in BCC when you right there fell out with the person in the back you fell out with the person over there and you're, you're not talking to each other and you over here are upset because the pastor said something last Sunday and you all come here with all those things in your heart and you come and say, Father, we worship you. Do you know what's happening when you carry offense and you bring it before God and say, Lord, I worship you? The, the scent you release in the spirit realm is horrible. It's like your worship is contaminated. Are you hearing me today? That's why 1 John 3 says, we have confidence when we come before God, when our hearts does not condemn us. That's the conscience. Because often, if you're really walking with God, the Lord will convict you when you do something wrong. 
And it's time to say, Lord, I'm sorry. It's time to go to your brother and your sister and let go. It's time to not hold on to unforgiveness and let go. The effectiveness of our prayer as a body is connected to the effectiveness of our relationships. How well we walk in love with one another. How, how well we walk in the light. If we're not walking in the light and if we're not walking in openness, forget about effective prayer. Because your authority in the spirit realm is neutralized. You can't, you can't have authority over an enemy you're sleeping with. You can't be commanding the enemy to get out of a nation when his commodities are in your life and that you're very comfortable with his property that you already have in your lifestyle. You've got unforgiveness and you're comfortable with that. You've got bitterness, you've got unresolved issues and you're comfortable with that, but yet you want God to break through out here. God is like, I can't really do what I want to do through you because you've got things that belong to the enemy and you're not wanting to let go of it. So effective prayer starts with facing the truth about ourselves before God, not in a condemning way. And thinking, you know, we're horrible people and all that, you know, woe is me and all that. No, I think that God, when God reveals things to us, he reveals things to us because he wants to redeem those areas of our lives. And it's not to condemn us, he reveals to redeem. And he wants us to come to a place of agreeing with him so that right order can be restored in relationship. I'm telling you, I have been involved in leading prayer for many years, over 10 years now. And I have seen over and over again, people decide they want to start to pray. And oftentimes what happens is relationships start to break down. Because the enemy is scared about the unity. So when pastor comes up and says, we're looking to build a house of prayer in this place and have ongoing prayer here. Now, in a church of this size, there will be issues going on with people all over the place. However, you need to fight to have a strife-free culture. Zero tolerance for strife. Someone should not be coming to you and say, oh, well, you know, that person did this and that person did that. And you're tolerating backbiting and backstabbings. You're, you're in agreement with darkness. Doesn't the Bible say in Matthew, it says, if your brother or your sister has done something against you, it says, go on Facebook Live. <laughs> and go on Instagram. And write about it, tweet about it, and talk to everyone else about it. Is that, is that what the Bible says? No. It says, if your brother or your sister has done something against you, you go to them. Oftentimes, people go to everyone else apart from the person. Look, I didn't like when you said that. I really feel offended by that. As simple as that. Listen, it doesn't matter how holy and spiritual you think someone is. The closer you get to anyone, the more you're going to see the flaws in their life. And the more opportunities there's going to be for offense. So if you think this is meant to be a time where we never offend each other, or go, you know, get on each other's nerves, well, I don't know what world you're living in. Ask the people who are really married in this place. <laughs> now, I've been in situations where I've heard people say, oh yeah, we never argue. As a, and oftentimes, <laughs> it's either one of the partners is so dominant and the other one is not really themselves and able to express how they feel. So one of the partners just has their way all the time. And like, we don't argue. Well, it's because one person is not really being themselves. But when you become yourself and begin to be free, and I become myself, become free, and we begin to relate, listen, messes are gonna happen. 
I'm going to do something that you're not going to like, and you're going to do something I'm not going to like. But we have to have a culture where we have zero tolerance for strife. And we value this relationship so much that I say to my team, I don't do falling out. Now, the Bible says, do all you can to walk at peace or live in peace with all men. So as far as it concerns me, I'm doing everything I can to live in peace with all men. That's why I can come and say, Lord, I'm crying out to you for the United Kingdom. Lord, I'm crying out to you for Birmingham. And I can feel a connection in my heart with heaven because I've got nothing against anyone. I've got, I've got no baggage I'm carrying here right now. To pray effectively, you come from a place of purity. That's why I'm talking about confession, purity. The amazing thing is, it says confession says one another that you may be healed. Is it possible that some sicknesses happen as a result of lack of confession? Not just physical, emotional. The ability to walk in the light. Because he is in the light. He says when we walk in the light, his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Note this. The blood of Jesus does not cleanse in the dark. It cleanses in the light. You come in the light and it cleanses. So to walk in the light, you have to be open. You can't just be closed up. The way this whole thing works is, if you choose to be isolated, it's like those in the army don't go on missions into the enemy's camp as a lone ranger. And even if they do, they have a lot of backup. So the way Christianity is meant to work is in community, not in isolation. And if you're going to do community well, there's going to be lots of issues coming up. And if lots of issues come up, there has to be a culture that's ready to handle things in a healthy way so that your authority as a church in the place of prayer is not neutralized. Because while you're just fighting against each other and all this stuff going on, the enemy is just sat back just laughing because you're basically doing his job for him. I don't want that happening, do you? (laughs) So you have to get honest and say, Lord, I want to walk in purity. Now, the next part of the verse says, Elijah was a man just like us. Actually, no, that's not what it says. It says, (laughs) confess your sin one to another that he may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. There's two things I want to bring out of that. And that is intensity. It says, the effectual, fervent prayer... Fervency is to do with intensity. If your prayers are not moving you, why should heaven be moved? If you're just praying a nonchalant prayers and you're not that bothered, why should heaven be concerned about what you're praying? In the West, and oftentimes in uh, even English culture, there is a tendency to be so conservative and so calm and collected and cool in the place of prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. I really do appreciate and embrace the different dimensions of prayer. You know, this morning in my prayer time, I just waited on God and had some time of silence. I, I love contemplative prayer. I love all these dimensions. But I also love the times where I'm able to release my voice before the Lord and be free in His presence. Oftentimes, I find that many believers show more emotion and excitement for their football teams than they do the God who saved them. So they come into church and they go, oh, you know what, that's not my style. But on Saturday, it was definitely your style when you're watching your football team win that football game or whatever. 
Then you knew you had a style to shout. Now, why should a football team have your shout? If I saw you shouting there and you are not free enough to relate, now I'm not saying every service you have to shout and be crazy, but that you're free enough to express yourself in the presence of God, if you're not able to do that in church or in the presence of God in your prayer time, but you're able to do that for a football team, something is wrong. Something is wrong because God wants your whole heart. You can't love the Lord your God with all your heart and have no emotion involved. I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm talking about being a person that's in touch with your emotions. Because listen, God himself is got emotions. So he gave you emotions for a reason. Now, I understand we do not live by our emotions. We live by faith. But I'm telling you, emotions in the right place help you to be more effective in prayer. Because even Jesus, actually it wasn't you. Paul said this, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Listen, peace and joy affects your emotions. You cannot have peace and joy and your emotions not... Be responding to that reality. So two-thirds of the kingdom affect your emotions. So you can't be here thinking, well, I'm just praying. I don't really feel like it. I don't. Now, there are times I don't feel like praying. I don't allow the fact that I don't feel like praying to stop me from praying. That's what I'm saying. But the fact that I'm not feeling like my heart is connected makes me come before God and say, Lord, realign my emotions today. Lord, reorder my heart today. Because when your heart is in it and your emotions are connected, it's a lot easier to go further in what you're doing in spiritual activities. Are you hearing me? So the fervency is connected to, to the intensity and the fact that our hearts are in what we're releasing to heaven. Jesus says, the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus said, I'm not just speaking ordinary words. There is a force, a spiritual force behind the words I'm speaking. When you're a spiritual person, and when you're engaged with the things of the spirit, there are simple things you can do that seem uh, uh, ordinary but can have a lot of weight and force behind it. For example, I just clapped. That is just a clap. But if I am clapping with the intention that as I clap, slumber, a spirit of distraction is being broken off of people. Listen. coming from my hand is not just now a natural sound it's carrying the intent of my heart behind that sound are you hearing me today so when you release your prayer it's not just the words you're speaking it's the heart behind the words you're releasing because it's not just words that change things in the spirit it's the heart behind the words that causes the words to have so I could clap right now and say, Father, as I clap in the name of Jesus, every spirit of slumber and distraction is being broken off of people in this church right now. Father, as I release this sound right now, I am declaring that every oppression, depression, distractions begin to snap off of the hearts and minds and emotions in the name of Jesus. Now listen. 
With the clap, I am giving the sound an assignment. So, I, you know, with the stamping of my feet. See, when you get into the realm of prayer and intercession, sometimes there's some weird things that we do. <laughs> Clapping, stamping our feet, jumping. Jesus, uh, the Lord said to them, walk around the wall of Jericho and shout, you know. There's some, there's some physical actions we take to engage with spiritual realities. And when we do these things in faith, I'm telling you, I've seen this happen, things shift. Things happen. But as long as we come to church and just want to be frozen chickens and not engage our soul and our hearts, what we're doing, you know, we just go through emotions. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say you have to shout and clap for God to move. If you don't do that, God doesn't move. No, no, no. Because you could be so calm, cool, and collected. I don't know if you know Derek Prince. Derek Prince is such an English guy, just chilled out. But he just talks so calmly. And as he's talking, guess what? Demons are coming out, people. <laughs> because that's what he calls spiritual authority. There is, there's power behind the sound. He's a man of prayer. That just doesn't happen. You could say the exact same words he said and nothing happens. So again, it's not about the words, it's about the spirit behind the words. The words I speak to you, they're spirit and life. So one, Elijah was a man of intensity. And, 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 and the Lord is calling us to be like Elijah in our generation. To be a generation that feels what he's feeling. A generation that feels the, uh, uh, the, the oppression. Feels the, the pain. That a generation that can move from a place of compassion. There's some times when, it, you know, I, I need to pray and I'm feeling just the, the weight of God in the moment. For what I'm about to pray that I can't even speak words because I'm just weeping. See, we, we want God to be able to touch us in a deep way. Hannah was in the temple. She prayed, right? She was praying for her son, Samuel. The person watching her could tell something was going on. She wasn't shouting. She was praying. Because the prayer was so deep, it was evident on her face. So you can't be telling me you're really engaging with God in a deep way and you look just bored like you're disconnected. Oftentimes it has a manifestation physically. It doesn't have to be a shout, but your heart is engaged. Now, I'm not saying you put on the show to impress anyone. No, I'm not trying to say that. All I'm trying to say is we need to learn how to allow our emotions to engage with things of the Spirit. And it's okay if you're not like me. You don't have to be like me in the place of prayer. I, I, have, I, I often talk about something called a prayer personalities. The way Elijah prayed is different to the way Jeremiah prayed, different to the way Moses prayed, different to the way uh, Abraham prayed, different to the way, you know, you, you can name them. They all had different expressions. However, they were really themselves in the place of prayer. So number one, intensity. Number two, tenacity. Everyone say tenacity. Tenacity. See, we see this with Elijah because he didn't just have an intense prayer life. He was tenacious. He was a man that did not know anything like giving up. He did not have a concept in his mind to give up in terms of going after God's purposes in his generation. When he prayed, he prayed until he saw the breakthrough. 
Now, it's amazing right here that you see that it says Elijah was a man, if you read on, we don't have time. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed that it would not rain, and it didn't rain. If you read, uh, I think it's 2 Kings, is it 1 Kings? 1 Kings 17. Yeah, 1 Kings 17. You read that about Elijah. You don't read about Elijah praying. You know what 1 Kings 17 says? Elijah, you don't even know his history. He just shows up out of nowhere. Then he releases a declaration, there shall be no rain. Boom, there's no rain. If all you read was 1 Kings 17, you would have no idea about the backstory to 1 Kings 17. However, by the Holy Spirit, God gives us insight in the book of James that Elijah did not just show up before Ahab and say no rain. Elijah prayed that there would be no rain. So we know he prayed that there will be no rain. And we, we know he prayed for the rain to come because he went to the top of the mountain, put his head between his knees, groaned, and the rain eventually came. I think the way he prayed for the heavens to open is probably similar to how he prayed for the heavens to shut. Yeah. Because we don't have much insight apart from the fact that we know he prayed. And he was a man of consistency. He was a man of tenacity. When he was praying for the heavens to open, it wasn't just, okay, Lord, I'm just going to pray this prayer. And, well, if there's no breakthrough, okay, well, I guess you don't want it to happen. That's what most believers do. Lord, I've prayed twice. I've prayed three times. I've prayed it. I've pushed into this. Lord, you promised this. I've prayed it, but it's not happened, so I guess it's not your will. God promised Elijah the rain. Yet Elijah went on the top of the mountain, put his head between his knees, and prayed with intensity. That's kind of crazy because God said he was going to do it. For most of us today, if you, re- if you re- uh, receive the prophetic word that God is going to do something amazing and blah, 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 all this stuff, he's going to say yes and amen, not Elijah. Elijah didn't just say yes and amen and put it out online and write a book about it. No, he went on the mountaintop and put his head between his knees and went to seven dimensions of intercession to birth one word from God, rain. He didn't just say, oh, well, Lord, you're going to release the rain, so let it come. Amen. Bye. No, he was contending for the fullness of the manifestation of what God has promised. Some of you have settled for no breakthrough. You're like Elijah. You started praying intensely. One, twice, three times. You're like, well, God, it's not happened. I guess, I don't know what you're thinking about my son being saved, but he's not saved yet. So, I don't know, maybe it's not your time. Maybe you don't want to do this, and you just give up. Well, I want to invite you into the ministry of intercession that's like Elijah that captures the spirit of tenacity. And it's this, praying until, everyone say until. Intensity and tenacity. And I wrap up with this. Elijah was a man just like us. Actually, two things I want to wrap up with. Elijah was a man just like, he prayed that there would be no rain. And there was no rain for three and a half years. He prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruits. The heavens gave rain, and the earth produced fruits. That's after three and a half years of no rain. For the earth to produce its fruits after three and a half years of no rain tells me there was seed in the ground. There was a farmer somewhere that was still faithful to sow seeds in the dust. Sometimes prayer is like sowing seeds in the dust. But when you're a farmer and you're sowing seeds and you're not seeing the rain come, 
you better be like Elijah that knows that every prayer is not wasted. And when we pray in faith, listen, prayers really never die. Prayers that are born of the Spirit in the place of heart connectedness with the Lord, they never die. Three years from now, to the hour, to the second, to the, to the minute, God knows exactly what he prayed. You've forgotten, but there's a record of it. So prayers never die. Now, I want to be the guy that is praying intensely and seeking God even when I am not seeing the manifestation because I know the rain is coming. Do you hear me? <laughs> I said the rain is coming. And when the rain comes, there better be seed in the ground. I don't want to be one of those that's given up already. And go, oh, well, God, I, I, you know, I'm tired, Lord. I, I've done this. I've prayed and I've not seen a breakthrough. So, you know, I guess, I guess it's not for me right now. Imagine the disciples. They're trying to cast out the devil. They tried. They didn't succeed. And they said, well, I guess it's not the will of God for this devil to come out. So that's it. The fact that they prayed and it didn't happen didn't mean they just went back and said, well, it's not God's will. No. They had to find out why that breakthrough wasn't happening. Some of you need to do that. Lord, why is this situation not moving? I'm asking for revelation. And my last point in this line of Elijah praying. When you're praying and it's like you're sowing seeds in the dust, oftentimes it's like you pray, you're contending for things God has said he's going to do. You're standing on God's word and it feels like nothing is moving in the natural. In fact, oftentimes it could feel like your prayers are hitting a ceiling. It could feel like, and you can feel this oftentimes when you start to pray, especially when you pray in tongues. I notice this, when I pray in the spirit and I'm facing opposition, as I start to pray in tongues, I start to feel stupid. My words feel like they're falling to the ground. Anyone knows what I'm talking about here? It feels like nothing is happening and everything around me just is shouting at me, even though I can't hear any sound. Everything is shouting at me to just shut up. And all I want to do is just be quiet. I can feel the intensity of the pressure and I'm very self-conscious. You know what? When my heart is in the right place and there's nothing in between me and God and I'm facing that kind of opposition, I know I just need to keep pushing in because I'm facing some resistance and I don't have to understand what it is, but I keep pushing in. When I hit the place of breakthrough, this is what it looks like. The prayer is coming out of me like a river. It's so easy. I pray in tongues and I am lost in the spirit because I am not conscious of time and Sometimes I'm just praying. I'm not even realizing what's coming out of me because it's like a river. You've stepped into the breakthrough. So the fact that when you started, it felt like nothing was going on and it felt like God wasn't listening does not mean your prayer was making no difference. I want you to never forget this illustration I'm about to give you right now. In fact, you will never forget it. You know, when you go to the cinema and you watch a sci-fi movie like Star Wars or, um, I don't know, Something out there, Black Panther or something. A, a sci-fi movie. You know what I'm talking about when I say sci-fi movie? Okay. You watch those sci-fi movies especially. You see the main actors and you see the main action scenes. When you watch it in the cinema, you have the sound effects. Everyone say sound effects. And also, when you watch it in the cinema, you have the graphic effect. Everyone say graphic effect. Okay. Now, you see the final production and it looks what? 
amazing. Now, if you were on the scene when that particular scene was being filmed, if you were on the set when that particular scene was being filmed, you would have seen the director talking to the actor and telling them certain things to do. Now, another thing you would have noticed is what we call a green screen. Anyone know what I'm talking about? The actors would have this massive thing behind them, sometimes similar to this, and it's just green. Okay, so the director says to them, I want you to imagine there's a spaceship behind you. I want you to imagine all these crazy things are going on behind you. And also, the director says to the actor, right now, you don't feel anything in your hand, but I want you to imagine you're holding some sophisticated weapon and when you move your hand like this a laser beam is coming out of you so the actor believes the director and so they act they start to act like they believe with every movement something comes out of them welcome to the ministry of prayer and intercession in the natural when you lift your hands you feel nothing but from heaven's perspective, the sound effects have been added and the graphic effects have been added. So actually, when you lift your hands, actually an explosion just took place in the spirit. Listen, when you clapped your hands and you said, Lord, I honor you, some, some earthquake just started to happen in the camp of enemy. When you started to declare, Jesus, your Lord of my family, you know what came out of you? An intercontinental ballistic missile came out of you in the spirit and started to destroy the associations of wickedness. When you started to stamp your feet in prayer and say, Jesus, I praise you, I honor you, I worship you, your Lord, some explosion began to take place around you, but you do not feel it does not mean it's not there in the spirit realm the effects have been added and i want to be like a warrior that everywhere i go i live like there is epic music soundtrack playing behind me everywhere i go so every moment is significant because i know heaven is behind me do you understand with me right now come on this is something you have to not just clap to, but believe in the depths of your being. Because every time you pray, listen, if your eyes were to be open to see what happens in the realm of the Spirit, you will never want to miss a prayer meeting. If you were to see what happened when you just shouted, Jesus is Lord, you will never want to miss another time to shout, Jesus is Lord, in your church prayer meeting. And oftentimes, because you have no idea of what's happening, that's why you're just quiet pastor says let's pray and you're like oh okay let's lift our voices oh okay I want to remind you Jesus says when you pray he didn't say when you pray think what do you say when you pray say when you pray when you pray when you pray say when you pray when you pray when you pray you have to release a sound now don't get me wrong, God want, God listens to your thoughts and yes, you can pray in your mind. However, he said, when you pray, say, because your words are powerful. You can't be quiet. There's a time to be quiet and there's a time to release a sound. So right now, let's release a sound. Come on. Oh! We declare Jesus is Lord. We declare Jesus is King. We declare Jesus reigns. 
We declare Jesus rules. We declare Jesus is our Savior, is our Deliverer. You're our healer. Come on, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Release your sound. Release your sound. Release your sound. Whoa. Don't stop. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, don't be silent, don't stop clapping, don't stop lifting your voices, don't stop. Whoa! Oh Jesus, come on, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, just keep lifting your sound. Whoa. You are Lord, you are Lord, you reign. Oh, Jesus, we exalt your name, we magnify your name. Let every other name fade away. Let every other name fade away. The name of Jesus above cancer, the name of Jesus above sickness, the name of Jesus above depression, the name of Jesus above darkness, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. We magnify you, we honor you, we lift your heart. You're the king, you're the Lord, you reign, you reign. Every other name fade away, every other name fade away. But the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name above all names. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow, every knee must bow, every tongue confess. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus. 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 Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. We release the sound. We release the sound. We release the sound of breakthrough. The sound of freedom, depression, you leave in the name of Jesus. Oh, chains be broken, chains be broken, wounds be healed in the name of Jesus. We release freedom right now, freedom over emotions, freedom over minds, freedom over bodies. Let there be healing, deliverance in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We arise! We arise! We arise! Let the spirit of Elijah be rested upon this church. Let the spirit of intercession, intensity, tenacity, let it arise over us in the name of Jesus. We wake up from our slumber. We wake up from every spiritual slumber. We are awake right now. The spirit of awakening rests over this church. The spirit of awakening rests over this community. Yes, fire, 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 
fire, fire, fire in every area. some of you to come forward I want to invite some of you to come forward in this place you're stepping into 2019 and you're saying Lord I want to leave the offense behind I want to leave the unforgiveness behind tonight the weights are coming off tonight the offense is coming off tonight the wounds have been healed I release this to you Heavenly Father I say no more I walk in a clean conscience. I choose a clean spirit. I choose a clean heart. Because I don't want my prayers to be neutralized in the spirit. I choose purity today. Just lift your voices in prayer. burn for you. Yeah. We want to be Elijah's in our generation. We want to be Elijah's that call down the fire of God on the sacrifice. We want to be Elijah's that sees the nation turn to you as we challenge the prophets of Baal in the land. Father, we want to be Elijah's. And you said you're going to release the spirit of Elijah. In fact, you said Elijah is coming again. Father, I thank you that in these last days, you're releasing that spirit of Elijah, that spirit of prayer, that spirit of intensity and tenacity. In 2019, we choose to be a people that carry the spirit of Elijah in prayer, in intensity. We will not be those who give up. We'll be those who pray until, until a fresh awakening in our prayer lives. A fresh awakening in our prayer lives this morning. I mean this evening. I want us to release a shout to the Lord in a few moments. But I want you to listen to this. Elijah received the mantle of Elijah and when he kind of released it was like where's the God of Elijah 
And I believe the same cry is going out today. Where is the God of Elijah? But God is also shouting back to us. Where are the Elijahs of God? To build the house of prayer, to be consistent in seeking God, we need the supernatural grace of God to seek Him until, to keep going night, day, day after day, month after month, choosing the life of devotion, seeking His face. When we see breakthrough and when we don't see breakthrough, when it's hard and when it's easy, when it feels like heaven is responding and when it feels like the heavens are like brass, when it feels like things are happening and when it feels like things are not happening, we have got to be a people of prayer. So right now, I want you to just respond to this with me and we lift our hands and we say, Father, make us a house of prayer. Make us a house of prayer. You see, the Bible says we are the temple of God. So we're going to pray that again. We're going to say, Lord, Lord, make me a house of prayer. Make me a house of prayer. Lord, I ask for the spirit of grace and supplication. Wake me up from my slumber. I give you permission to bring your order into my life. By the way, I want to let you know that that would be uncomfortable. Because God may be calling you to wake up at some strange times. God may be calling you to seek Him at some weird hours. We're going to pray that again, and I want you to pray that if you really mean it. Say, Father, I give you permission to do with me what you will. Release over me, Lord, the spirit of grace. And supplication. And supplication. Now this is going to be our last shout together. We're going to release this shout. And things are going to shift in people's hearts in this room. As we release this shout, there's someone here... The depression you came into this room with is going to just vanish in, a, in an instant, in a moment. As we release this shout, there's some people here, you've been feeling a dullness in your walk with God. As we release this shout, you're going to sense, like John Wesley, your heart is going to begin to be warm. It's, it's like, you, like the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Your heart is going to begin to burn within you. Because the Lord is going to start to bring a reset into your walk with Him. As we release this shout, the Lord is going to begin to break off that uh, thing that has caused your hunger to kind of fade away. And it's like there's going to be a reawakening of a fresh hunger in your heart. That you're going to leave this room, you're going to go home, and you're going to want to pray. You're going to want to read the Bible. You, you're going to want to spend time with God. Yeah, and it's a simple word we're going to shout out. It's one word that defines the man Elijah, and it's the word fire. The God that answers by fire, he's our God. 
So I want you to lift your hands with me right now. Band, as I count to three and as we release the shout of fire, I want you to play loudly, okay? Don't play comfortably. And everyone in this room, we're going to shout fire. And when we shout fire, I want you to release your cry, whatever it is. It might be tongues. It might just be a sound. It might be a groan. I feel like as you release your sound, God is going to release something. Heaven and earth are going to collide in this place. And explosions are going to take place in people's hearts. Are you ready for this? Because the God of Elijah is our God. And he is the God that answers by fire. And today we are the sacrifice. And we present ourselves on the altar. And we say, Father, we are welcoming your fire to set us ablaze, to break off the complacency, to break off the wrong appetites, to bring the deliverance. We serve notice to every spirit of depression in this room. We serve notice to every oppression and every confusion and manipulation in this room. And we declare right now that this moment marks a turning point. We step into 2019 with a fresh fire. We step into 2019 with a fierce focus. We declare a fierce focus and a fresh fire. The baggage of the past, we declare tonight, is cut off. We declare tonight we step into a new place of freedom. We are a people of fire. We're a people of grace. We're a people of fire. Out of count of three. One, two, three. Fire!
on the day of Pentecost the fire fell and what was on top of them was tongues of fire do you know what that means in one dimension it felt like God was saying to them I'm giving you from this day forward fiery speech tongues of fire everyone say tongues of tongues of tongues of so God is calling us to be a people of fiery speech when we pray fire comes out when we preach fire comes out when we lay hands on our colleagues at work to greet them guess what comes out fire yes when we give people hugs guess what comes out fire when we go home and we talk to our children guess what comes out God has called us to be a people of fiery speech. One more time, just lift your sound of praise to God right now. We're going to sing a song together now to close and it's in response to what James brought us earlier on Psalm 23. If you're a regular member of this church, you'll know it well. If you're not, it's easy enough to sing along to. But we're going to declare those truths over our lives again. It goes, the Lord is my shepherd. 